Sports Talk Show. With Zach and the Professor on the fan. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the Wednesday version of Leaving the Yard. Zach and the Professor here on the fan. We're all a little sad and disheartened today. Well, I knew, and I said this morning, that you would be in a uh, day of mourning, having lost your, uh, uh, is he your, your uh, what's the word, a hero? Would that be too well, strong? Before we go there, I was talking about the last day of summer before we started Oh, okay. Oh, I, thought I don't want upset. to poo-poo the mood, but I wasn't oh. talking about Vin Scully just oh, yet. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> You're just talking about... Yeah, the, the last day of summer uh, for uh, TISD teachers. I got to wear pants tomorrow. It's not good. Yeah, it's all right. I yeah. wore some yesterday. It's yeah, not that. It wasn't big a good day. look. It's fine. It's a little hot. It's fine. Anyway, yeah, we're back tomorrow, so I'll be in a bad mood tomorrow. Just letting you know, friend. I'm not even going to do curtain company in the morning because we got oh, an early yeah. call tomorrow. So you'll be in a good mood. I, no, no, I you like have to get up Kirk early. I got to get up just as early because I got to be up at the uh, convocation. That starts at, well, breakfast, 7.30. Yeah. On site at 8. Yeah. You start this show at 7. You don't have to get up at the same time. Well, let me, well, have First you seen- you're wearing pants. Have you seen what I look like <laughs> this summer? I see you I every, been, well, every other day. I haven't been showering and shaving yeah, and yeah, putting right. on- I'll Take care of some so of that tomorrow. I'm going to have to get up- Do a little of that tonight, same maybe. time tomorrow. Start so. early. I could do that, but right. I'm, a, I'm a morning shower guy. Okay. You started so, Vince Scully. I didn't mean to jump into well, that's that. Wrong all right. Because I, I, I understand your mourning of the loss of summer. Well, it was, yes, terrible so, last but night. We both had a fantastic summer, so we shouldn't <laughs> complain. Okay, I'm not complaining. Yeah. But I am Other complaining about Vince Scully. Vince Scully. That's, yes. that's, uh, and, and the meme today is so, you know, that he would rather go ahead and pass away than watch uh, Joey Gallo uh, oh, wear the Dodger Blue. That's just mean. I don't care who you are. That's not even. Yeah, he'd rather pass away than watch Joey hit 150 in uh, Dodger Blue. I feel bad for. Do you read the stuff on Joey here in the last couple of days? No, no. He he basically said he had heard from other guys. He knew when he was with the Rangers, he had seen the hometown crowd in New York give the business to Yankee players. Yeah. He said, so he kind of had an idea. He said, but he didn't really know until he showed up. What well, do you mean he didn't know? Well, because you're there for a three-game series and then you're gone. And if they've got a guy that they're maybe after, you may see a little bit of him if he's playing. He may he may be a pitcher and you're not even playing. But you're there every day for 81 this games of the year. This is a secret that Yankee fans will turn on their own? No, but I think that it's... I think a guy who's a little sensitive about hearing that kind of stuff. Well, he should have never gone to New York. He well, should have had a no-trade clause to New York. He wanted to keep playing. New York and Philly Bowl. <laughs> and some other places, but those two in particular. And I think it I think it hurt him. I think he got his... Well, what better way than coming back in the series? Oh, and, oh yeah. Yeah, that'll yes. teach those, you know, that, that loud and rambunctious fans in the Bronx that'll, come back in the series and straighten them out. That'll be a motivated a guy. series for the ages. Oh, yeah. No, not about that, but it'll be a motivated yeah. guy. And either the Yankees are going to prove, see, he was trash or, oops, we should have yeah, treated him better. He, maybe he wouldn't like, have been. you know, Shoeless Joe and the Black, Black Sox series. 
That'll show them. Really? Yeah. Okay. Shula Show had a big series. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I get it. That'll teach them. Okay. Yankee hooligans. Yeah. Well, they weren't hooligans, but I, I. Anyway, how did we diverge off your? your well, you one threw the meme out there. I just said that that was mean. It was mean, but there's also mean a point mean. behind that, and and Joey Gallo, who's. You know, we kind of wrote him hard. I did. wrote him hard here about his average was so pitiful in Texas and his value. He You, you said it perfectly. The game's become that. You're just swinging for the fences, and if you strike out, nobody cares. And that had become what Joey Gallo had become or never even evolved from. But going to New York, kind of like a Zach Greinke, when he ended up in larger markets, he was not built no. to be there. He was happy in Milwaukee and happy in – in Kansas Arizona, City. Kansas, he didn't want to go to. But he didn't like his time yeah. in a big market place. Some guys are just wired different. So I mean, it's not like Gallo's going to a small market place. He's going to the Dodgers now, but I don't think the fans care that much. No, I mean they love the Dodgers, but I don't think they care that much. No, to they've get got on. plenty of others. Yeah, so. I want to boo people. Yeah, yeah. You, you try. You got you boo people. You got Bree there? in one hand. You got yeah. wine in the other. Yeah, you're not gonna, upset yeah. about Joey. Yeah, got other well, stuff going. Bree and wine, he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. But no, the uh, passing of By Vince way, Scully. Uh, are all the girls out there named Bree? Yes, they, they all are. <laughs> all of them are, and they all whine. Yes, I didn't understand. Yes, that, that reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a chance to, and I do not normally. Keith Olbermann stuff comes across my Twitter feed, and I usually skip by it, but. Because it was a baseball thing, and because and it was, loves baseball, and he, he, yes, it's his thing, and because he had stories about Vin, I sat and listened to his countdown today, the first twelve minutes of it. It's like twenty-five minutes long. I listened to twelve, and the first twelve are all about. Is that all you give him? Do you have to give the right twelve minutes? <laughs> I gave him the first 12, which was Vin Scully's story. I was just stories. saying, after you give Oberman 12 minutes, do you have to get somebody from the right? Kurt Schilling gets 12 minutes. I would have if it hadn't been about Vin Scully, yes. I would have had to been fair and balanced. I don't know where I've heard that before. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, really good stories about... Well, everybody's got great Vin Scully stories. Well, no, the one in particular is the one he leads off with, which is back in the uh, late 90s. Yankees play-by-play guy Michael Kay had never met Vin Scully. And they were at a Dodgers-Yankees game, apparently. And Olbermann was there. And, of course, Olbermann knew Kay from his time at ESPN. He knew Vin from his time in Los Angeles. And so Michael Kay comes up to him and asks him, he said, I'm, I'm nervous asking you this, Keith. He said, but I, I've never met Vin. Can, is, do you think you could introduce me? He said, dude, you're one of like 30 people in the world doing this. Yeah. You're legit, you're, too. You've been doing it for almost a decade. Yeah, you're okay. You're in the fraternity. Didn't matter. He was so intimidated by the fact that even you know late 90s, Vin was so iconic. Even being one of the other 30 guys that, that call baseball games for a living for Major League Baseball. Couldn't do it. Had to have Overman introduce him. And then it was great. It was great. But uh, Well, that's what I, I heard so many people say today. That he was gracious to everyone because everybody wanted to meet him. Yeah. And everybody wanted to have a little bit of time with him. And uh, he was always happy to spend time with people and to uh, to very kindly say kind words to him and share a thought with him. Overman also shared, and I'll, I never, never, tell me one thing you'd have thought you'd have never heard about Vin Scully. Uh, prostitutes. <laughs> 
Well, another. <laughs> and Sharon worked for $120. No. <laughs> Her real go-to. All oh, right. <laughs> he, was, he could describe anything. Now, he had quite the, uh, the uh, vulgar, profane streak in him. He said, you never heard it. He said, Vin hardly, unless really? he knew you and it was away from the game, away from his profession, he said he was quite the cusser. Really? Yes. I didn't never thought that. Old school that. guy. Yeah, well, maybe. There would have been some old school well, words in there. Finest not the cussers new ones. I ever knew. Yeah, yeah. Not Remember the, that line from Gettysburg? Yes. <laughs> One of the finest cussers I ever knew. <laughs> but Vin apparently had quite a profane streak in him, which I'd have never thought. So that was kind of an uh, intriguing thing to hear. On the dark web, he called games that way. <laughs> Did he? Really? <laughs> you can find those, but you gotta you gotta find the dark web. I haven't found it yet. Is it John John Boy? There's some. I think it's John Boy. You go on there, and they take clips of games, and they basically substitute in the original call for guys who are doing it in an extremely profane manner, yeah. and it's hilarious. Well, you could probably just. Uh... You know, Mac, any manager. <laughs> you don't even have to worry about. No, there's nothing to substitute. Christmas this afternoon would have been a fine choice. Every afternoon would have been a fine choice. But anyway, yeah, Vince, Vince Scully's passing is uh, just, just, sad, just sad. I mean, Bill Russell earlier this week. Yeah, that's and, and what I led with this morning, too. Today. Two giants and uh, sports in my lifetime passed away here in the last few days. I went back and listened to the last inning of the uh, Sandy Koufax perfect game today. And not the Larson one. <laughs> no, no, the one the one on Koufax. That's when he really cussed the blue shirt. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Can you play that freaking <laughs> that guy? That effing guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, listening to the the last inning of of, of that Broadcast. I actually screenshotted the comments from it because in the one half inning worth of work that he did, the amount of nuggets that he dropped out there for the listener to be able to I just it's just it's a master's class in calling in calling games. Yes. And, and he was always doing them solo and it was a it, it just was amazing to listen to the little pieces of subtlety that were part of the broadcast that made you just go, this guy's unmatched. I heard something that I had never heard. Um, I unfortunately watched the Ranger game this afternoon. And um, one of the guys on the Rangers broadcast said he's friends with Jerry Royce, who used to... uh, Pitch for the Dodgers? Pitch for the Dodgers for a period of time. Pirates, yeah. And Royce told him that so many people had their transistors on when he was pitching... You could hear Vin's voice on the mound yep. at times. Yep. And Roy said there was a couple of times he wanted to hear the rest of the story Vin was telling. So he would step off the rubber and go clean some dirt out of his cleats and give A, Vin time to finish the story, right, right, right. and B, him the opportunity to hear the end of the story. It's unreal. <laughs> and, you know. Those of us who get to call games are so lucky about having an opportunity. And, I mean, I've always wanted to aspire to try to paint a picture like he could paint. And I'm not even in the same, you know, planet. Um, but the influence of that style is just 
I, I think the modern play-by-play guys, the modern guys, and it, maybe it's too mo- maybe modern is not the right word. Maybe you got to go back twenty years to hear guys who grew up and heard Scully call games and kind of get that's the style well, they wanted to try to emulate. As I said, there are people today who try to overpower the game Ugh. with the way they call it. And there are people today who still describe the game. Yeah. And I understand it draws attention to yourself if you try to overpower the game. With it's your, about you then. It's not it, about the game. It, it is about you. It's not about painting a picture yep. for the listener. Yep. And, and I get that. That's, that's some people's style. And, and hey, that style will sometimes get you notoriety and uh, sometimes get you a big check. But I, I said this morning, you are of that Vince Scully style that just tries to paint the picture and, and let the people just soak it in. I was thinking about that very thing. I was out cutting grass today. It's my thinking time. And I'm thinking about Dick Vitale. I watched the piece on Dick Vitale last week, which I thought was outstanding. Um and Vital, who wasn't a play-by-play guy, he yeah. was a color guy, so he's a very different, different animal. Yeah. And you hear folks try to, lazy folks, try to steal Vital stuff. Like, I want to be like Vital, so I'm going to say what Vital said in Vital's voice because, you know, I'm too lazy to come up with my own. That, that's really how I see that. Vital, Al McGuire, Billy Packer, those guys calling basketball games created a vernacular and a vocabulary for the listener and for later radio guys who would call games that nobody else had ever used before. So even though they were a little over the top, Bill, uh, 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 Dick in particular, was a little over the top, it was unique and it was them original see, and it added to the conversation. To me, that's adding the color to it. Yes, Yes. Someone's got to outline it. Somebody's got to draw it for you. And then the color analyst provides color for it. Yes. Makes it more colorful. Agreed. But the play-by-play guy, I've always felt like it's his job to tell you what's going on. And not be that guy. Yeah. Not be that's, that that's guy. That's not your thing. Yeah. That's the color guy's thing. Yeah. This is your thing. But uh, you're right. we got a bunch of folks that confuse those two things yeah. i think and, and like i said I, it's it to me walking through it cutting the grass i'm thinking it's just lazy that's late it's lazy, when you, lazy. And does... when you take somebody else's stuff and you and you package it back out without a unique twist to it well, just saying what they said in their voice is lazy to me i think in an effort to try to get younger listeners people think they have to inject more uh, into it, and I think in an effort to stand out in a much more crowded field now than it was years ago, uh, I think individuals feel like they need to do that to stand out. Which is why big big places you don't see it. Yeah. You don't hear it. You don't see no, it because it, it doesn't it. sell. It, yeah, it's not going to work need there. That. No. no, it's not. You're either good or you're not. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, Kyle Slayton's going to join us. Speaking of being pretty good, uh, the former Nashville scrapper coach is coming in studio in about 15 minutes. So we're going to uh, make sure the door's unlocked. Schedule change for the rest of the week. We had talked about Jackson Cobb coming in on Friday. He's actually moving to where he's got to go on Saturday. So he's going to be in tomorrow instead at 530. So if you're a PG baseball fan from a few years ago, Jackson Cobb's going to be in here tomorrow at 5.30 instead of on Friday. So a little schedule change to accommodate the young man. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. We've got another segment to do. Some goings-on around the world of golf today. What? 
you can't uh, you can't beat them, sue them. That's happening. I think they've beat them before. This is going to take you to a and different now we're going location. To sue them. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come back in a minute. Leaving the yard. Zach and the professor on the fan 107.9. Welcome back. 20 minutes after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor here on the Fan 1079. Boy, I'm clicking on this and all kinds of stuff going on today. I didn't even – I'm busy today. Sports, it's happening. Cowboys signed somebody. Oh, really? Linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Big signing. Anthony Barr had a nice career in Minnesota. I don't yeah. know how much treads left Bad. on his tire. Bad. Well, that's just it. I don't know. Yeah. Having seen him twice a year, every yeah, year – He's a good ball player. Anthony Barr could play football. Yeah. Now – Again, I don't know what's left on the tire here. Yeah. I would think. Well, I, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that I, I just get the feeling Parsons is going to have his hand on the ground most of the season. And he's yeah. not going to be playing linebacker as much as he's going to be playing defensive end. No, no question. And so uh, they've, they're suspected linebacker. Uh, Van Der Esch has been suspect for a couple of years because of his physical uh, problems and so am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised that they're reaching on an old linebacker. Well, and it's a one-year deal, a couple million dollars. Yeah. It's nothing big. I'm sure yeah. none or little of it's guaranteed. He may or may not make this roster. I'm not going to sit here and go, "Oh man, Anthony Barr's going." I would bet it's probably half guaranteed or something. Probably. Jerry has a tendency to be the only one in the market bidding. <laughs> <laughs> and so he bids against himself and drives the price yes, up. Yes. Genius that he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that sits there. Gosh, I don't like this one either. Paige Becker's. Ugh. Paige Becker's tears, tears her ACL. She was out last year with an yeah, injury. Yeah. Now out That's, again. She'll be this whole year this year. This is sad because she's the face of women's college basketball right now. And yeah, she's the knee of it right now. Yeah. yeah. Golf, <laughs> golf, golf. So. Are you mad at the LIV guys for, for suing? For, for those who don't know, the, the, the LIV guys have sued the PGA, yeah. basically saying that we're being restrictive Discrimin- trade or no, discriminated we're against. Being discriminated against because yeah. you have never done this to any other group right. after all these years. But this one time you've decided, oh, this group may be a threat to us, yeah. so now we're going to tell you people who qualified to play on our tour that you can't. Yeah. And have met qualifications yeah. to remain on the tour, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they'd want to sue over that. Oh, I didn't say – I'm not saying I don't get why they're suing. I just think – so you you left to go cash these big checks yeah. and, and the guaranteed money you're getting. Yeah. And now you're going to come back and say – and even though we're getting all that money for working less, we're going to sue you – because we can't keep playing there. Well, which in effect, every time you guys go and play in a live event, you in effect are, you would expect from the PGA perspective, siphoning off viewers who would be watching this did, week's PGA. Did you PGA see those event. crowds in New Jersey? No, I did not see the crowds, but that, that we're early in there this is process. No crowd. There were no crowds. I know. And we're early in this process. 
We're, we're, have they done what? Two events so far? Three now. Okay, three. We're early in this process. Yeah. That doesn't mean three years from now they're not packing them in. I mean, Tiger yeah. turned down seven hundred million. Yeah. Only because uh, Liv thought people tune in to watch him in pain. <laughs> so just watch any other tour yeah. event he's on. No, um, no, it's. I didn't understand how you say. We have a system in place for you to play on our tour that you have to meet this criteria. You qualify, right. And if you don't meet that criteria, you can't be on our tour. Right. We met that criteria. Right. We participated in your events. Right. We didn't have a minimum number of times we had to play every year or anything like that. There was nothing in the contract that said, oh, you have to play X amount of events and you got to be here. There's none of that. They met all the qualifications. Okay. They participated. All right. And now you tell me I can't play on the tour that you made me qualify to do. And you had certain hurdles I had to clear every year to remain on your tour. Yeah. I did so. Right. And now you're telling me I can't play on your tour. Right. Yeah. You, you can't go work for the other guy. Why not? You, you, what do you mean, why not? This isn't two teams competing against each other. It's two leagues competing against well, each other. This isn't a league. This well, is a is. tour. In effect, it is. Had, had in the history of the PGA ever told anybody that was playing on any other tour they couldn't do it? No. No. <laughs> no. Then you don't have a leg to stand on it. Well, I think mind. you do. No. You, I think you do. No. How can you have a history of allowing this and then for this one group say, no, you can't go play with them? Well, because it's their rules. <laughs> no, they made PGA, up. Well, that's PGA's they're making up the rules yes, as they go. The rule. And it's their thing. And it's they criteria. They did everything they're supposed to. Okay. There's nothing that says you can't play on another tour. But well, I bet there one. will be. Yeah, and that's fine. And I'm sure that's they're writing fine. that as we speak. That's fine. And probably have been. But that's they, all right. They never had before. Well, well that's fine. That's to fine. Me, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the corner of the PGA on a lot of this. Why? Because I am. Well, what because I am. What has who done? Is, is it false what Phil said about them sitting on all that money and no, not doing no, anything no, for no. young golfers? Well, I don't know. But I don't think they're doing nothing for young golfers. I think they're, they're making just, them play in these crappy events. Yeah, it's they're, not they're making. Doing, you don't. They're have doing to do them this. just like MLB, who just had the courts tell them what you were doing was wrong. Right. They're, they're doing the same thing to up and coming golfers. I'm not making anybody golf. You you this is what you decide you want to do if this want you want this to be your profession. Yeah. You got to do this. Okay? Can they give younger guys on on smaller tours more money? Yes. Have the LIV guys basically pointed that out? Yes. Will it probably be something that that PGA has to address and fix? Yes. Yeah. I think they will. So I, why are, I, I, why are we making these guys out to be bad guys when they've simply pointed out the flaws of the PGA? They're not bad guys. Go do what you want to do, but no, don't no, come no, back no, here. No, 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 don't, no, 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 no. They're playing. They there. have tried to make them out as bad guys. Well, yeah. From the tour commissioner to Tiger Woods, they've all tried to make them out as bad guys. Okay. And the media has played along with them. Okay. Because they'd rather, instead of looking at what people had to say, what their complaint was. they'd rather just be spoon-fed, whatever. You know, today I sat there and watched an inning of the two announcers for the Rangers TV broadcast with Chris Young, okay. the GM. Yeah. 
You got the face. It's it's painful. They did everything, but you know. all right. I know where you're going with it. They did everything but to shawn him. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying. How about that? Is that a verb now? If if you're only going to be a puppet, okay, just be a puppet. And that's what's happening with media now who cover certain leagues. They have to be a puppet. Well, sure they are. Or they lose their access. Well, everybody, that's the way it has been forever. It's not new. It's not new. If you cover a league or you cover a team, you walk a fine line. ESPN has forever walked a fine line with the NFL because the NFL has no, the big no. ticket. Here's what the NFL does. The NF, or ESPN does with the NFL. They bring on all these guys to say things that Greenberg can't say, but these so-called expert panelists can say. Sure. They allow it to be presented and the ideals to be discussed, but they don't have the big guy do it. Right. They don't have the guy that has defeated the trough exactly. do it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This is not new. Yeah. Leagues have been this way. How many, how many years... Well, didn't the Cowboys replace guys because they were unhappy with the the way they were critical of Jerry? Sure. It's, this is not new. The but media's always had in the knee. More and more of these leaks speed the information, and people just don't, as you said, they get lazy and don't want to do the work. Lombardi wouldn't let a guy from the Milwaukee Journal on a plane one time because he wrote something about a backup quarterback's injured finger. Got mad about it and said, "You're not, you're not with the team." And the league had to step in and say, "You can't do that, Vince. You got to let the guy on. He's 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 part of the media." And he had to bend over and let him do it. But this is not new stuff. It's five thirty. We're gonna take a break. Vince been over. Kyle Slayton coming up next. You're on leaving the yard. Zach and the professor on the fan. One oh seven nine. back 27 minutes till six o'clock leaving the yard zach and the professor on the fan 1079 and uh before we go any further the first, the, uh, the face you're looking at on facebook <laughs> is uh kyle slayton former coach over at uh, nashville and soon to be part of the newest class of inductees into the southern arkansas mule riders hall of fame athletics hall of fame Congratulations! Thank you very much. It's, are, uh, are you Hall of Fame worthy? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call it, with men and women that yeah. I that I've been I've been hoping to be in one day. Really? Yeah. Did you, when you were playing, was it really part of that thought of Hall of Fame, or you just playing? It goes where it goes. Yeah, no, nah, you're not thinking about it when you're a player. Uh, just uh, boy, great four years over at Magnolia that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade those four years for anything. No, and, no where'd uh, you grow up? I grew up in Mineola, Texas. Okay, all right. Yeah, grew you're up a in yellow Mineola. Jacket. I'm a yellow jacket. Yeah, all right. And uh, went to went to Southern Arkansas. My high school coach, him and him and uh, Coach Freeman, him and Coach uh, Goodhart were really good friends, and uh, he got me up there and. Uh, 
man. Like I say, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade. Where were you there? What years were you? I I pitched there from '91 to '94. Okay. Graduated in Mineola in 1990, and uh, like I say, I remember going up to Magnolia when I was 13 years old. Coach took me to a camp, and man, I can just think. I I thought, boy, I'd like to play here one day. Really? It all just uh, just kind of worked out. It wasn't. Uh, they he actually recruited our first baseman a good friend of mine and i ended up just calling coach goodhart and saying hey i'm coming up there with him and uh curtis stayed for about a year and i stayed for six years wow so it uh it 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 was just meant to be the numbers you put up are pretty impressive i mean i'm both starting and relieving it looked like you were you were used all over the place yeah i was um and you know i tell everybody i in today's world i'd have never got a chance because i mean i probably threw 78 miles an hour and um weighed 125 pounds and uh just uh ended up you know that freshman year not pitching a bunch and uh when you come out of high school where you've you've always been the dude and you've played everything never sit on the bench it was tough to do that for for 60 something games I i think i pitched 14 innings and uh was ready kind of to to not come back but ended up glad i did if i could uh, i tell everybody if i could the only thing i would wish now is i would have red shirted that year and got to got to pitch another 80 or 90 years 90 innings you know that fifth year but well, if you just had covid coach you'd got you could have been a super oh, senior oh, don't get me on that covid i mean there's there's 25 year old i mean <laughs> playing shortstop and he seems like he's been playing it over there for 10 years me and his dad played together and every time i see him i'm like hey he's like a 10th year but it's uh yeah man covid's such a boy it's been a headache ever since it hit the i'll go back you you said you played in the early 90s so it's almost been 30 years yep 30 years in the future if it was 2022 and you sat that first year would you have stayed or would you have gone someplace else um boy i tell you it's uh in uh, that's a that's a bad thing right now the portal and and the money uh, the portal's awful I, in my opinion and uh but you know back then you just had to earn it and uh you know you back in the day you had to kind of wait your turn yep. and that's what i try to tell all my players hey when you go to the next level everybody's as good or better than you uh you were an all-star on our team but now you're on a team with 40 all-stars that's what you know these kids nowadays they want that division one commit and all of that kind of stuff and i just think hey go somewhere where you can play that's got to be the most most important thing if you're if you're wanting to do it at the next level um you know and i just tell all my guys i was like hey it's a business now it's a job when you go to that next level it's seven days a week and it's six o'clock in the morning and it's two and a half hours in the afternoon and then going to get you something to eat and going to study hall and doing it again the next day now you're gonna have to convince us here because we've kind of landed on the side of the kids for the longest time have kind of been at the mercy of programs and coaches who may have changed jobs and the kids get stuck in a place you said you're not a fan of the nil so make your sales pitch why it's not a good thing well i i'm not i'm not a big fan but i'm not against it either um the only thing i don't the the big my biggest thing with it is i don't think it puts everybody on the same playing level um i told somebody the other day i i'm fine with it i think as long as everybody had like the same amount of money to spend 
Uh, I just think there's other programs that, I mean, you know, like right now everybody's on Texas A&M. Yep. That, and, you know, who knows how much money's running through for those kids. Um, you know, I, I said, hey, it's probably going to hurt a bunch like Alabama who the last 10 years – the good players have just wanted to go there right. because they knew they had a chance to play for the title. Yep. And now you start throwing some of those dollars in front, and that kid, uh, he might go to Miami or he might go to Florida State, um, those kind of things. But, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I don't, you know, I, I'm just not a – I got gotcha. you. I'm okay with it more than I am the portal, really. Got gotcha. you. I, I just gotcha. think the kids don't have to work and, now. And maybe I said NIL, and maybe I should have said portal. The, the portal itself yeah, the, was the, – I, I just think it's too it, – it's almost like just allowing kids to quit. And, man, in today's world – Yeah, in today's world, I think we've made it easier on kids to do that, where back in the day – Hey, mom and dad wasn't gonna let you walk oh, no. in there and quit. Yeah, uh, you know, or you go, you'll get a job. And teachers were always right, That's and right. coaches <laughs> don't ever question a coach. You're old man, Kyle. I mean, you, <laughs> you're going back. You now. tell me. I mean, I go back to the days. Hey, you do whatever you want to up here, but don't you call my mom or dad. You know, nowadays, hey, the kids have already called mom and dad before they get to the office. Yeah. you know that's, that's right. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I've mellowed out a little bit in my old age, but I'm still – we're going to walk the line and cross the I, cross the T and dot the I. It's Kyle Slayton you're listening to, by the way. Well, maybe this is a good time to get in your recent career move. Yeah. Um, you've gone into the private ranks, yep. which have been just blowing up in recent years, and you're working for Sticks now, and yep. anybody around here knows baseball, knows about Mr. Brewster's organization yes, and all sir. that. Um is some of the things you're talking about how it's different at the school now one of the reasons you were ready to try something different yeah well maybe a little bit um you know at at times though i'm having to adjust on this level because i've had times where i thought at times the travel ball world has caused some of the problems um in the schools i think there's a lot of kids out there that think hey, I don't have to play at Nashville High School if I don't want to. I'm going to get what I need with Sticks Baseball or with Five Star or, uh, you know, those big organizations that are in the world today. Um, you know, that's that's what I've said. I think, I think it's the travel ball part of it has maybe kept kids from transferring to Nashville, maybe from some of the smaller schools – like back in the day that would say hey we better get our kid over there to play for slayton maybe he can get him to the next level right i think nowadays hey that kid don't have to transfer from murfreesboro to nashville because he plays for sticks during the summer and he knows coach brewster's going to work his tail off for him and he's going to get you know he's going to get to go play in front of a bunch of colleges you know it's you know, I've had some high school, some of my high school buddies that just get so mad that, hey, Dave Van Horn didn't call me about my kid. He called Coach Brewster. Sure. And I'm like, Coach, hey, we're all in it for the kid. So it shouldn't really matter who. I said, but hey, you got to remember Coach Van Horn sees that kid when Coach Brewster's in charge of him right. or when he's coaching him. Hey, he's not coming to watch 
when he's playing for Nashville or Arkansas High or Texas High because he's got his own season going on. I said, when he sees your kids or our kids, it's during travel ball season. Is that a sad commentary about high school baseball? Um, Because, I mean, you're kind of painting a picture here where high school coaches are doing their thing but they've kind of lost their spot in line about having a conversation with the coaches at the college level. There, it, there, it's no doubt. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, probably in the last five years, I bet I hadn't had 10 calls from a coach. Right. And if he did call, I bet you he'd already talked to Coach Brewster or, you know, somebody else about my kid. Um, but – you know, there's just so much that those guys, there's so much out there now on social media, sure. internet, that, hey, they don't even have to come watch them. They can just get on there. I mean, there's a video every freaking second yes. of everybody's swing or every time he gets a double anyway in a gap that we're going to post something on social media or mom or dad is. So how long have you been thinking about potentially making this change well me and brewster had, uh we we've talked about it for a while and uh i really I, I wasn't quite ready um like i say my son still got two years left uh at the high school so i mean i really had to plan to at least finish uh with him even right. though i knew that was going to be one year short of being full retirement um so but it just uh there was a couple of couple of rocks in the shoe that i just didn't really like and uh it just i mean i've kind of got a laid-back kid he wasn't one of those was was like nah dad i want to hey let's let's finish this two years sure um he was okay with it and uh you know it's just been it's it's been really nice so far uh it's been different uh just because i mean i would have done been (laughs) I've done been up there in that <laughs> office, you know, being a dang assistant principal for the last month anyway. Right. And uh, I hadn't been up there. And I tell you, that's that's probably been – that was probably the biggest thing that ran me out as much as anything yeah. is the, the wear and tear on the kids, the parents, just the everyday fight of the school system. Not my baseball program. Right. Not when I did junior high football. I mean, I was ready to – to go back into junior high football i thought hey at least i only got a mess with 50 kids down there that still have a little bit of respect sure as a coach yeah. that hey when i raise my voice that means something better happen <laughs> unless but up there in that office hey i tell everybody i said hey the the officer can come in there the principal can come in there it doesn't scare them at all those kids up there it, it doesn't it's a it different world. It's for, a different world. For folks now. who don't know, it's a different yeah, world. It's uh it's it's the education business is totally different. How many years were you involved in education? Twenty five. So that's twenty five. So Tony and I are both educators too. Yeah. So almost thirty years each. So we, yeah. we, we know where you're coming from. That's you're what, not you're my, preaching my, to the air. Starting year, she's starting year thirty. Yeah, all right. You mean people aren't leaving the profession because of money? It's something else. Uh, it's everything right now. I mean, we, I promise you, we had the biggest turnover probably I know in my twenty years at Nashville. I bet you we hired 
hired or transferred over 40 people this yeah, year. But, but mean, all, you, all you hear anybody talk about is the money. Everybody just wants us to say it's a money problem. Not, yeah, it's it's not it's a not money problem. problem. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. We all knew going in what the money was going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> we didn't understand all this other was going to come about. That's right. And I, I tell you, the, and COVID's been the, big, it's yeah, been the biggest pain. It didn't pain. help. It didn't I mean, help ever since COVID... Kids just don't think they have to do anything. Yeah, they were home I mean, for a year and a half. Oh, man, yeah, it's the worst it's thing It's a hard thing ever. to transition back. It's Kyle Slayton, by the way, that's joining us this afternoon. Who called you and told you? Kyle, um, Coach, we're going to put you in the Hall of Fame. Man, uh, Coach Browning did, the athletic Steve director. Yeah. yeah, Steve did. All right, so and, uh, when, he, when he called you, how did he start this conversation? Well, I, I was he actually called, and I was on the golf course up in Little Rock, some, one of those golf courses, and I didn't answer. And then it was four or five holes later, he called again. And I thought, I wonder what this – I mean, you know, his boy plays for us in sticks. And, right. I mean, it could have been anything. But I finally sent him a text. I said, hey, I got two more holes, and I'll call you. <laughs> and uh, because he called that first time, he left a message. He said, if I had to bet, you're probably either coaching baseball or you're on the golf course. <laughs> but when you get a chance, call me back. And uh, he was just like, hey, man, what's going on? I said, i just finishing up at the golf course. He said, I, I figured so. He said, I just want to – I know you've been waiting on this call, and and uh, I'm glad it's finally happened. Because, um, I mean, you know – Coach Browning and, and Coach Goodhart and those kind of guys, I mean, it seemed like every year that it came around and it didn't happen, I'd get a text message from those guys just, hey, it's going to happen. Just just give it time. Yeah. Let, it, let it happen. And uh, it's just, uh, man, it's it was an awesome call. So now that you got the call, now you got to make a speech. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I I, uh, I sent my buddy uh, Coach Beeson over at Magnolia something, and uh, I said, "Hey, what? How? Like, how long is that?" And uh, he was like, "Well, you know, most everybody probably talks for ten. He said, "I probably talk for twenty. He said, "So you got however long you probably want, which you know, I got some stories I can tell, and and uh, a lot of people to thank. And I mean, you know, I, I tell everybody it was great playing ball over there and great playing for coach, but it uh man so many lifelong friends that i met over at uh magnolia that i you know just never would have you know a little bitty as the the banner news guy harold jameson used to write every time he'd write a write-up and i'd pitch that day or something he always called me the scrawny right-hander from <laughs> mineola texas and uh you know for for me to be able to just go and pitch out, you know, I, when I read that bio, I, I told my wife, I said, man, I, I didn't realize, you know, at the time where I kind of landed, yeah. you know, on there. And, um, you know, and now it's it's totally different. Those guys, man, they get to play so many games and and uh, pitch a lot more. I mean, we, you know, we just played seven inning games and and uh seemed like we you know we didn't get to play near as much as they did even though it i guess we did uh still 50 60 games every every spring but it was uh man it it was great and like i say i tell everybody i mean when you said earlier starter and reliever yeah. i remember my senior year i think i had i think there were six games that i pitched the last inning of the first game to get the save and then pitched a complete game in the second game that day uh, to get the win. Uh, that, that's probably a record that they don't even know about. That well, you had to warm up for that second game anyway. <laughs> it didn't bother me at all. I mean, I always had that kind of 
arm. I mean, finally, my senior year, it started hurting a little bit in my back. But I just, I mean, I would have pitched every day if he would have let me. Did you guys do a pitch count? No. No, he had no Heck idea. no. So I mean, we've talked before. Teddy Hubbard from Down in Hooks, I'm sure you know. Uh, we, we joke forever because he had to have pitched 200 inning, 200 uh, pitches rather in a game on occasion it just felt like it anyway yeah. the way that the stories went but, but nobody, was nobody really was keeping track and there was no rule about it like there is today you can only throw 110 pitches or yeah. whatever it is you just threw until your the game was over yeah i you know when i was over at sau i worked in the sports information department too and i mean i can remember maybe either my senior year or the year when I, after i finished was the first year now it was it was probably my senior year was the first year we started doing stats on a computer <laughs> i mean we did i mean we kept the scorebook and i mean they kept. i mean i remember doing every basketball game with a piece of paper in front of me you know with attempts and shot blocks and i mean all of that stuff like that yeah. i think you know you but pitch count no uh, never i can remember one of the probably the best games i ever pitched my sophomore year we went to it was southwest louisiana then down at uh lafayette and the Raging Cajuns were like 12-0, and 0, ranked 21st in the country in Division One, And I pitched 10 innings. And won, we won 4-2. to two, And I pitched all 10 innings. So, I mean, there's – I might have threw 200 pitches at it. I mean, it, I, no tellings. And, and, and could have saved the next game. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, it, you get to talking about pitch count, and I'm okay with the pitch count. But I, my, my story on the pitch count is in 2005 – I had a kid named Hayden Arnold, and, I mean, he pitched. He was kind of like me. I mean, he pitched a lot of innings and a lot of games. And we went to the state tournament, and he pitched game one for us like on – I'm going to say this was probably Friday. And he threw like 94 pitches that game. We came back on Monday, okay. and we played Warren in the semifinals up at Little Rock Mills. And I remember I'm keeping the clicker. I've got the clicker in my hand. And I remember him going out in the fifth inning. And I looked down, and it had 99 on it when he went out there. And I remember looking at my assistant and saying, hey, there's no need to keep this anymore. Right. And I put it in my pocket. Didn't think nothing else about it. We played nine innings. Okay, he, You could only pitch eight in one day in Arkansas. That was kind of their rule. Right. Twelve innings in three days. Okay. Or eight innings in a day. Okay. So, at the end of the eighth, I go out. When he comes in, I said, hey, you're done. He's like, coach, I'm good. I'm good. And I was like, hey, you can only pitch, pitch eight, eight innings. innings. So, we get beat in the next inning. Well, somebody tells me after the game, there, there's a guy from Little Rock doing the radio station up there. Well, he's done he's, – he's clicked every pitch. And they were like – yeah, that was Hayden Arnold's 189th pitch. <laughs> I mean, he threw 189 that day. And three days before it, threw 94. Oh. And, uh, but, man, he wouldn't trade. I know he wouldn't trade it no. for anything. And nowadays, I'd have probably got fired the next day if <laughs> that would have happened. Or called to Oh, you got called that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah. I gotta let you go. You, I told you dinner plans uh, you were gonna make, and nah, we were, I'm gonna keep you 15 minutes. We're nah, almost at 25. Man, I, when I get on here, I love it. I mean, I I love talking it. Uh, <laughs> well, Kyle Slayton's gonna stay for the last couple. Which you got two yeah, and a half I don't minutes mind. left. We only got two minutes left in the program all. anyway. It's, hey, uh, we're just happy to have you in here. Uh, going back to your playing days, 
when you went up there the first time, were you just complete walk on? Oh yeah, there we didn't even have money. Oh, okay. I mean, there that was, was just walking. That on? was when we were in a. So you only had you had academic money or work study. Where I mean, we were picking up trash or you worked yep. on the field, and we got a two hundred and fifty dollar check every month. So by. you got to work indoors at Sports Information Office instead that, of having to work how, out. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's I did six years. That sounds like a better gig. Then. I loved it. I mean, it, it's, you know, I put some hours in in the, but I mean, I traveled with the football team, traveled with the basketball team and, uh, and did all that. But yeah, no, there wasn't, there was, there was. you hear everybody complain now because, well, they got to divide up 11 and a half and whatever. You would have loved a little sliver back then. Oh yeah. There, there, like I say, $250 check. That's all there was. And that was only if you worked. Now, now coming out of college, you, you ended up in Falk before that's you right. went to Nashville for folks around here who may not remember that or no, cause it's been back in the, the late nineties Yep. coming out of college. Where'd you go? I went straight to Falk. Straight to Falk. In 1997. And never thought about coming down here to Texas, coming from Mineola? You know, not. My first wife, she had got a job. She was a nurse at Wadley. Okay. So she was like, hey, we're leaving this summer now. We're, we're leaving. I got a job. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> and uh, I mean, I had never heard of Falk. Had no I mean, I didn't even know. Right. And, uh, but. Coach Freeman, my high school coach, he had been at Falk. Really? When he left Mineola, he went, he went to, to Falk. Falk. I'll be darned. And then he went to Liberty Ilo. And uh, so I called him, and he knew the athletic director down there. Called, and I mean, like, I've never been an assistant. I've been the head coach from, from day one. Really? So in, in 90, 98 was my first baseball season, and uh, it wasn't very good. And then uh, yeah, but ninety nine was ninety nine was we yeah. had you know Genoa didn't play baseball at that time, right. so I had two left handed <laughs> pitchers and a catcher, Wayne Ward, Brandon McMurray, and Brandon Foster transferred in that year because they wanted to play baseball, and we went twenty eight and eight and yeah. won a state champ, beat the Queen in in the championship. You're a genius at two years, aren't you? I have blinds <laughs> on top of the. World. <laughs> you know stayed down there won a lot of games stayed five years yep. and uh and the guy the the guy that was the head coach at nashville at that time we were playing a conference game and he was like hey i'm fixing to get out you need to come up here and take this job it'd be a be a really good job and four state champions ships later yeah. there you go yeah, I, I got music in my ear coach kyle slayton's been with us it's great getting you in you bet man Call you got a lot of free time. I was going to say, I'll come over, play around to golf over at TC with Greg Flanagan, and, and come over here. Sounds like it's a plan. We'll get you on again. Sounds good. All right, that's uh, Kyle Slayton. He is going to be uh, inducted uh, next month into the uh, Southern Arkansas Mule Riders Athletic Hall of Fame. We're done for today. Kirk and Company not happening tomorrow. Jackson Cobb's in tomorrow afternoon, 530. We'll talk with him. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow here on Leaving the Yard. Leaving the Yard.